1: I'm Athena Dixon, a co-host of the New Books and Poetry podcast via the New Books Network. Today we are speaking with Nicole Danielle. Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Nicole Danielle is a writer, singer, and educator. She currently resides in New Jersey with her family. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Athena. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: So the first thing I like to do usually when I talk to people is kind of get a, a gauge on where they came into writing and how they fell in love with writing. Because sometimes I think when we start looking at books as a whole, we forget that there's a whole journey that kind of leads up to that book being in the world. So I wanted to know if you could touch on um, what your fondest writing memory may be or the earliest time you can remember being in love with writing.
0: Sure. Well, I discovered poetry rather early in life. I- I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, and my elementary school is named after Langston Hughes. So I learned about Langston Hughes, particularly his um, famous poem, Harlem. And at that time, I just loved reading his work and learning more about him as a child. And then when I moved on to middle school, it was a performing arts school. So I remember using some of his work to audition for some of the programs there.
1: When and I, did, I, oh, go ahead. then did you find that um, that kind of sparked an interest in you to really want to write your own work?
0: At that time, I just enjoyed reading. I have an older sister who's an avid reader, so I watched her constantly throwing herself in books. So I started to do so as well because she's about several, several years older mm-hmm. than me. And um, so I watched her and her love of reading, so I ended up love, loving to read as a kid. So I was actually doing a lot of that. I just loved to read the work. Um, at that point, I wasn't writing until I would say maybe I was 13. So coming out of junior high school, I had a crush. So I started writing poems in this green journal of mine about all of my feelings because I was too nervous to, to say anything to him. So I guess that I would say in that moment, that's when I applied everything that was reading onto the, the paper and the pen.
1: And did you always write poetry or you have, like, you stepped outside of poetry at any point and you've come back to it? Or do you feel like poetry has been where your heart has been from the very beginning?
0: I believe poetry has been where my heart has been from the very beginning, only because I believe that was the first thing I connected to. And the first, um, poetry was the first, um, I guess, genre that I allowed myself to express um, my insecurities and my vulnerabilities and my love interests. When I was in high school, at some point I stopped writing. I had told myself these lies that oh, I couldn't write, or or you know it wasn't as strong as it could be, or I'm not a good student. I had there was a lot of things going on in high school. There was changes in my family, so it was just a dark time. So I think I stepped away from writing in high school, and then I wouldn't revisit writing until I was in college and academically that is, um, when I was in college and then I went for my master's, I would um, I would take back writing again into my life and I would use it to express myself academically, but not the way that I first found it when I was a kid. And um, moving forward as an adult, after I got married and I had a child, life happened again, there were these major life changes and I believe poetry found me again when I most needed it. And that's how I was able to um, birth my book, Broken Ballads, because it was during these um, very major life changes. I had two family members battling cancer, and I was going through a divorce at the same time. And I felt like poetry just found me. However, I do love reading memoirs. I love reading novels. I've always read novels, particularly romance novels as a kid because that was the first thing my sister loved and enjoyed, so I followed in her footsteps. And then she drifted onto thriller and um, science fiction, but I stayed with memoirs, novels, and I told myself one day I'm gonna write up my own novel. I, I haven't really taken on that idea seriously yet um, because I do really enjoy poetry, but that is something I believe would be in the works um, in the future.
1: Oh, nice. Um, and I'm glad that you kind of said a little bit of what kind of brought you back to the page because my next question was really, are there particular like muses and motivations that inspire you to write? And how did you go about pulling together Broken Ballets, um as a collection?
0: Okay, well, I love, I believe life actually helps me and inspires me in so many different ways from taking long walks and looking at nature from listening to music traveling driving sometimes listening to someone in a conversation reading praying yoga even in the shower I feel like all these ideas will come to me it's just like the weirdest time because it's like I don't have a paper and pen obviously Um, but a lot of things um a lot of things inspire me and I use it to write also um playing with my daughter sometimes she says these things and it's just like, wow, she's an old soul. And I would use that also to apply it in my writing. And with this book in particular, I I, I didn't get up one day and said and, and say, I'm going to write a book. Life was happening to me and I felt like I disconnected from life, my body, everything that was going on. I felt that, you know, I spent all this time creating a life that I wanted and now I was watching it fall apart. And almost unconsciously, I was writing poetry, I didn't realize at the time, because I felt like I was in this fog of pain and, and hurt. So I didn't realize looking back on it, I didn't realize what I was doing. I didn't one day say, Oh, I'm going to get up and write this book, It, it actually just happened. It was me releasing all the pressure that was inside me. And quite honestly, I felt like it was a life support. I didn't know how else I was going to get through or what I get through um, in a very positive way. And after, after the divorce and um, after my uncle passed away from cancer, I, I had an opportunity to look at everything that I've done. And this piece came over me. And when I looked at the writing, it was like, oh, wow, I made a joke and said I could actually write a book. And that's when the idea came into my mind. And fortunately, I had people around me who were, um, I had a friend who had just published a children's book and another friend just talking about one of his goals was to publish a book. And because I had those people around me as well, I then started to take the idea more seriously and really look at all that I wrote. And I gave it to a editor um, through a mutual friend and we came together in such, I felt like we were aligned I felt like she connected with me. She understood my journey and we decided to package it up in a book. And she also understood how much I love music. And I'll just share the book is laid out as if it's an album. So there's the chapters are verses and there's choruses and there's a bonus track in the book. And the reason why I named it broken Ballads" is because two, about two, three years ago, my life, I felt like I was, I was broken. My life was falling apart. Things were happening. And it wasn't until I decided to surrender to it and just, you know, my back is on the, on the ground. I said, i looking to the left and to the right and worrying about what people are thinking and their expectations. I finally decided to look up. And for me, my, my faith grounds me. Um, so when I looked up, I started to see how there was beauty in brokenness, that once I let all these things that I thought I needed, that I thought that were supposed to be for me, when I released them, I started to figure out who I really was and how things can really come back together in beautiful creative ways if we allow it. Um, So there, that's kind of the journey of, of the book and why I named it Broken Ballads.
1: And I think that, again, kind of really ties to another thing that I want to look at with your book is because I thought that there were so many like these handles and these themes that you could tie on to, but at the heart of them was like this very real emotion and this very real catalyst that sometimes I think when we're writing from places of healing that we can forget that um, the heart of what you're doing is just as important as the vehicle. So being able to see how you laid out the book um, was a treat. And there's actually this line um, in the introduction, it says, um, essentially says beauty is in the pieces. So I wanted to ask you to what degree do you think art, um, and in this case, poetry can heal, that if it's not just like this way to memorialize, but a way of like moving yourself forward. And is that what you were hoping to do with the collection?
0: Absolutely, I was definitely hoping to do that. But at first, at the beginning, I just wanted to get it out. I felt like if I didn't get it out, I was I was going to snap inside and it wouldn't have looked good for me and for my daughter. And that was the other thing. I was also a mother when this was happening. So it was like, I have these eyes looking at me and how I'm handling this situation and how I had to also be strong for her. And one thing I I, I had to do was I had to just, you know, acknowledge where I was. So I had to acknowledge my pain and what I was feeling and I had to... Really figure out if all my fears were about me, or was it about the expectation and traditions of what I thought I should be? So I was figuring a lot about that, and then also, oh boy, it, it, it was so heavy. Um, also, when I was writing, I I didn't know I didn't have a plan as I was writing. You know, this is how it's going to be, or these poems are gonna to connect to other poems. It was just, I just laid it all out. I just let it rip from my gut and put it on the page. So for me, I found out that when I allowed those pieces to fall, like if you notice on the cover, there's um, the cover, there's a silhouette of a woman and musical notes are falling off her. I felt like, you know, just, just letting it all be loose and transparent and allowing myself to be vulnerable that that was really where the beauty lied because i spent my whole life trying to be very traditional and tried to be on a straight path and quite honestly my when i now look back and connect the dots my life, my life was never traditional it has always been non-traditional i feel like i'm a non-traditional writer i'm also an educator and i did that in a non-traditional way and i was here all my life trying to do things a certain way and it was never supposed to be that way. That's not the way my life is designed or my life purpose. So for me, after I realized I was going to publish this book, I I, I thought, you know, this healed me. I didn't even realize it at the time. It wasn't until afterwards in retrospect, retrospect that I realized this book was healing for me. This writing was healing for me. Wow, I can show this to others. There are other people. There's so many other people that are maybe... Fighting to keep all that they have together when really the beauty would be letting it go and finding out, you know, what's beyond that. And maybe what's beyond what they have, you know, have struggled to hold on to is much better um, by letting it go and finding what's beyond. So at the end of it, I decided, well, I'm gonna just put this book together and I'm going to put it out there to the world in hopes that it will heal someone else that's in the same situation or similar situation as me. And I, I felt it was a responsibility. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to self-publish it. And it now is the time. I didn't want to wait and um, think about, oh, sh-, you know, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? I just wanted to get it out. because I felt like if I didn't, then I would in some way stop myself or block myself. So my goal was to get it out so that it could be healing to those who receive it and understand and can relate to it. And that's really, that was really the goal once I decided to to release the book, that it would be a, a healing and, and a way for other people to see, okay, I've been through it, so can you.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important that you say about putting out the book in the time frame that you wanted to put it out in and not kind of having to subscribe to what people feel like a traditional publishing life should look like. Um, you have a, a poem in that closes the book too many times to say, where you say, for truth is at the beginning and the end. And it made me think that we're using this art as a way to move towards the truth of our lives. And I think sometimes, especially as artists, we can very much get caught up in the idea of what this path is supposed to look like. And so I appreciate you saying, like, this is the path that I thought I was on, but this is actually the path that I was actually on, and understanding that by putting your words into the world, you're giving people the opportunity to be seen and heard in ways they may not be before. Um, And so, one of the other themes that I saw in your book was I thought that there was this question of um, who gets the right to be innocent. And oftentimes, um, Black children are not given this option. And you've mentioned Um, your daughter in relation to your art so far. And so in poems such as childhood, I think that this is very apparent and and your book is partially dedicated to your daughter. So I want to ask, like, not only what kind of legacy do you want to leave for her, but other artists who may be coming up um, on the same poetic path as you.
0: This book, when I decided to do it, I saw it as a legacy for um, my daughter, Aaliyah. I thought, wow, I'm going to do something that is, I feel is beyond me. That's beyond what I thought I would ever do in life. And I'm going to put it out there and it'll be for her to look at and say, wow, mommy, not only did she risk it all to find herself, but then she made herself transparent and put herself before the world, regardless of what others think. And she can, you know, hold it, has something tangible for her. So that when she goes through her life situation she can look to this as an example um so that was one and then just the idea that you know for her children's children it will be there it just felt like to me an amazing gift that gave myself but then also to her and for our and the future generations so um that that was one and also because i she also loves to write too so my hopes is that maybe one day she will decide to, if she doesn't, that's okay too. But I just wanted to show her that, you know, if you say you're going to do something, even if life gives you um, challenges and there's circumstances, if you believe in yourself, if you um, are dedicated to it, that you can do it. And if you're just authentic and transparent with who you are. And I really, I really believe that this, this, um, project allowed me to see myself finally um, and now allow the world to see me as well.
1: I also kind of want to touch on another larger theme that I saw in your book. And I mentioned that I, re- I respect the layout of the book and I respect how it's formatted. But one of the other things that I really appreciated outside of the formatting of it was the idea that you are approaching... Um, black life in a way that is not like a monolith. That a lot of times what we get when we are expected to write about Black experience is a lot of trauma and we miss the love and desire. So there's very much a duality in your book. Like you have love and desire and innocence. and But there's also a very honed in um, notion on the Black experience in the United States. So I thought after the poem Islands, there was like a more questioning of the systems in which we exist in. So like capitalism, neglect, racism, police brutality. And I wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about how you decided to tackle such heavy topics without making them like exploitive or for shock value. you.
0: Absolutely. Um, so the basis of this book was riding through pain, loss and grief, but the beauty I also found in that. And when you're surrendering to that grief and that loss and acknowledging it, that when you can acknowledge it and you're not walking around numb and you can like breathe into that, you can, you can create, um, love and peace in those situations. For example, um, so my, my uncle was um, dying of cancer and at, you know, I could have I could have just focused on the negative that, you know, slowly watching my uncle pass. However, I had opportunities to reconnect with him and visit him. And not only that, that relationship also pulled my father and I even closer because we were going together. So when I look back on those experiences, there's joy and there's love and there's peace because even though there was pain, I opened myself up to the opportunities within that to just cherish those moments and to ask questions that I probably would never would have asked and just to be there. So I wanted that to be in the writing because that's how it was. That's how I lived it. it I was, I was able to, at some point, once I surrendered was able to allow love to come in, allow love, love, peace to come in into uh, my life so that I feel like I could move forward. And with the book, yes, I agree. Um, We as black people, it's not all about trauma. And I feel like trauma sells. And yes, I went through some experiences. And I wanted to showcase that and show the world that so that they can use it um, to get through their own situations. But I also wanted to really focus on the love and the peace that could come when you do acknowledge how you feel when you do um, come back into yourself and acknowledge where you are. And to, to say, yes, I, there is pain, there, there is um, loss, but when you allow love to work, there's these all these beautiful things that could be created. And I, I wanted to share that. So there's poems, particularly childhood, that you mentioned in the book about my daughter. She came with me to um, visit my uncle, and she got to experience that. And I, she got to see, okay, yes, this is a situation that's beyond our control, um, but this is these are the choices we can make um, within this situation where we can still be love and grace and peace. And I think at the root of my writing, that's what I want. I want to write um, to create love, grace, and peace. And you can do that even with trauma, even with the hurt and pain from the past, you, you, you can still do that. and. This is my way to show people how you know step by step, um, one moment at a time, and um, the innocence. I felt like when my daughter was going through these things, because she was also witnessing her parents and the marriage. You know, I felt like she did lose her innocence too, and part of me was trying to hold on to that. So that was also why you do see that in in the poetry as well, because I I got to watch her heart break as as mine did, and she watch the family, you know, fall apart when she was used to it being together. And I wanted to acknowledge that, um, that it wasn't just me going through pain, but it was also her. And, you know, I wanted, I was, I was fighting so hard for her not to see any of it, because I did want her to keep that innocence, particularly because we were, you know, in, in in the middle of a world that you know, they lose their innocence so fast. We have to teach them so many things about, you know, how a lot of people in society see us and view us. I just wanted her to be able to keep some things and the fact that the her home environment was also in this unshaky unshaky ground was was um it was it was a lot for me as well. So that's why I wanted to include some of that poetry in there about my, my daughter and how she's getting through. And that just loving the innocence of her at that time. Before we sat down with her to tell her what tell her what was going on um, with the family, and um, even I have to say, even after telling her, I, the biggest lesson that we wanted her to understand is that um, when you love someone, you tell them the truth, even if it hurts. And I think that's another reason why this book was important. We didn't want to lie or pretend because we were doing that for so long with each other, that we needed to show her like real love and not fake love. And even though it hurts, you you have to tell the truth. So that was one of the reasons behind that. And then the, for the larger society, um, there was, yes, it wasn't, this was 2018 when I was writing it in 2019, right before the pandemic. Um, so a year, maybe sh- yeah, a few months before the pandemic, because it was towards the end of 2019. So there, there was still a lot. There was still police brutality going on So outside of my my home environment. There's a there's a larger, um, larger, um, larger uh, society where there's so much going on for the black community that my daughter was also watching and experiencing herself. That I just felt. I had to include in the book because it's just a part of my experience, is a part of her experience. And it's, to me, I feel like writing also will be um, a way that I sh- become active um, in what I believe and how I feel the world should be a better society. I think I was giving my readers a taste of where I would like to go in the future, in future projects. So that's why I, I added that. And, it's in a bonus track because that's where my mind will go, writing to heal, not just for my personal situations, but writing to heal society and the Black community. And that's just my way of giving an introduction to that next step.
1: I'm really glad that you said that because one of my questions was, um, looking at your book and making notes as I was reading it, I was very happy that you were not shying away from looking at injustice towards black people in the united states and beyond just because i think sometimes especially when it comes to art we want to couch our language and we want to couch the imagery and you didn't do that and i wanted to know um since the book um was primarily written prior to last summer's protest if there was any change in the kind of poetry you were writing and if you were including more of that in a future collection, if you are working on a future collection, if you can give us a little bit of insight on any um, upcoming projects.
0: Absolutely, so the book was um, published uh, December 2019, and then fortunately I, I celebrated the book in February, the end of February 2020, and that wasn't supposed to be, I was supposed to celebrate it in April, but you know, I'm glad I did because we were in the height of COVID at that time. So I had just finished, um, celebrating this book, uh, two weeks later, um, the world shuts down and we're dealing with, um, an old pandemic of racial injustice. We're dealing with a new pandemic of COVID and it's just, it's just a lot going on and people are dying in so many ways, um, through disease and through hate. And I, immediately decided that, okay, well, if I can't leave my home, I'm going to make sure I'm in spaces that I feel um, love and are of, of, that, that accept black people. So I joined a few riding groups um, and a lot of them were with black riders and one of them in particular was solely for black riders and that became a safe haven. And in those spaces, I started to write about how I felt during COVID, how I felt before COVID with um, the black community and how we are seen as as a a group of people. And most of my writing from last year up until now has been about either finding a better way to to fix society and these systemic institutions that like to divide. And also how we as a black people can, um, you know, maintain our joy and find ways to not block out what's going on around us but holding on to a healthy mindset um, to keep our bodies healthy because i feel like you know within this society you know they want us to remain tired the days the haters the um the people that like to keep everyone divided they um and i'll just say you know also you know white supremacy and that whole thing that whole beast, um, like to keep us tired. And that's not something I want to be. I want to be well rested. I want to be in my right mind so that I can say clearly and write clearly ways that we can help us as a people come together and not just also within the black community, but with everyone, because it's, I feel like we are not going to become better until we all come together and we come together in love and not looking at each other and our differences as a problem, but using our differences as a way to thread us together. And I, I have some poetry here that I, I wrote too, and I'll also be happy to share, but it's very different. My writing now has been very different from from the writing that's in Broken ballads, which has also been amazing. And I'm excited to, um, in my next project, which I would love to do um, another book, It would be more so on that type of writing.
1: And I'm glad. I think one of the best things that could have come out of the last year amid the double pandemics, um, to paraphrase you, that we're kind of in, is this idea of finding these safe spaces for writers of color, particularly Black writers, because a lot of times when we're writing, we're expected to have to stop and explain the cultural touchstones or the references. And it's nice to be able to be in a space where you feel free enough where you can not only work through the trauma that it comes with being who we are in the world, but also being able to uncover joy at the same time. And so I'm very glad to, to know that you have the ability to kind of balance those two worlds. Um, so before we go, I want to ask you um, one more question. There is a line in the final poem that reads, it seems like freedom will be in our last breath. And I want to know what you wish for readers to leave your book with and where you want them to go um, when they close the last page.
0: I want want them to come away with that no matter what they go through in life, that one, they matter. Their experience and their circumstances matter regardless of... (laughs) what's around them, what's going on, you matter. And what you go through and your experiences matter. And you should be able to acknowledge that. You should be able to make your own decisions outside of traditions and expectations and your past and where you thought you were supposed to be. All of that is is gone. Where you are right now in this moment is the best place you're supposed to be to make any future decisions going forward. And I just want people to walk into that and not be afraid to face fear and to face um, challenges because through those challenges, you're going to find yourself on the other side in 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 a better, in just so much more better ways. And I can only say that now because I came through it. I could not have said that when I was in, and I do want to acknowledge that as well. I could not have said that while I was going through what I was going through. But once I did get through it, I was able to see, oh, wow, I needed that. I needed to go through that because I became a stronger person um, going through it. And I was able to um, make decisions that were authentically for me and for my family and not based on what, Others think things should be for me and I feel like that's the way we should live we should really be living our most best authentic selves um, outside of what we think the society believes we should um, live or what our families or friends or whatever you know that's been placed on us I really feel like people should walk away knowing regardless of your situation choose you be authentic and acknowledge where you are and use where you are to move forward the best way you can
1: Thank you so much for speaking with us today. I greatly appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Athena. I I appreciate you and um, allowing me to be here with you today.
1: Right, I'm Athena Dixon, a co-host of the New Books and Poetry podcast via the New Books Network.